Welcome, everybody, to the Fort Lauderdale Primary Purpose Big Book Study Group's Thursday Night Alcoholics and God Speaker Step Series. Now, joining us for our joke, it is Joseph, the jokester. Joseph. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm, uh, I'm Joseph, the jokester. Here for another joke for you. (laughs) All right, here we go. A mushroom walks into a bar and orders a drink, but the bartender yells at him to get out before he stinks up the place. The mushroom looks taken aback and says, Why? I'm a fun guy. (laughs) Fun guy. That's what they are, and it's... Thank you. (laughs) Uh, I'm a recovered alcoholic. My name is Chris. Hi, Chris. Hey, Chris. Thank you all for joining us tonight. In a moment, we're going to start our two-minute meditation. So please take a moment to get situated. Uh, Please turn off all devices other than your Zoom device uh, that might make noise or Facebook Live. Um, No endorsement, of course. Um, And get situated. And don't distract others. And as my... uh, Friends in the program say, you know, when we're in a Zoom meeting, we want to treat it like it's a real meeting. So let's pretend like our grand sponsor is in the room with us. So I'm not splayed out in bed with my girlfriend next. I don't have a girlfriend. but Okay. (laughs) Anyway, take this time to get connected to God. I know I could use some meditation. Chris, did you meditate this morning? Let the craziness of the day drift away and ask him to help you stay focused on the tradition study tonight. Is everybody ready? Yes. Okay. See you in two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> 
join me in the fog light prayer. God, your love shine through me like a fog light so those who are lost, sick, and dying can find your love through me. There is a solution from the big book, page 71. The tremendous fact for every one of us is that we have discovered a common solution. We have a way out on which we can absolutely agree and upon which we can join in brotherly and harmonious action. This is the great news this book carries to those who suffer from alcoholism. Uh, Mark or Shay, who wants to read? I've asked Shay to read the Appendix 2, Spiritual Experience. We read this because the main purpose of the 12 steps is to have a spiritual experience. Therefore, it's important to know what one is. Shay. Hello, I'm Shay. I'm an alcoholic. Hey, Shay. Spiritual Experience. The term spiritual experience and spiritual awakening are used many times in this book which upon careful reading shows that the personality change sufficient to bring about recovery from alcoholism has manifested itself among us in many different forms. Yet it is true that our first printing gave many readers the impression that these personality changes or religious experiences must be in the nature of sudden and spectacular upheavals. Happily for everyone, this conclusion is erroneous. In the first few chapters, a number of sudden revolutionary changes are described, Though it was not our intention to create such an impression, many alcoholics have nevertheless concluded that in order to recover, they must acquire an immediate and overwhelming God consciousness, followed at once by a vast change in feeling and outlook. Among our rapidly growing membership of thousands of alcoholics, such transformations, though frequent, are by no means the rule. Most of our experiences are what the psychologist William James called the educational variety, because they develop slowly over a period of time. Quite often, friends of the newcomer are aware of these differences long before he is himself. He finally realizes that he has undergone a profound alteration to his reaction to life and that such a change could hardly have been brought about by himself alone. What often takes place in a few months would have seldom seldom have been accomplished by years of self-discipline. With few exceptions, our members find that they have tapped into an unsuspected inner resources, which they presently identify with their own conscience of a power greater than themselves. Most of us think this awareness of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of spiritual experience. Our more religious members call it God consciousness. Most empathetically, we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problem in the light of our experience can recover. Provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts, he can only be defeated by an attitude of of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle which is a bar against all 
against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is content prior to investigation. Herbert Spencer. Once again, please refrain from disturbing others by talking or constantly getting up and sitting back down. This is a tech-free meeting if you're in the room. If you're at home enjoying, enjoying the meeting on a piece of technology, feel free to just set that on DND, also known as Do Not Disturb. Um, or you can't put it on airplane mode if you're at home because you need the internet. Uh, or you could turn your other devices off. Now it's the time when I'm going to introduce Doc. Um, Doc is somebody that has been extraordinary extraordinarily helpful to a lot of people in AA, and God has seen fit for him to be one of the people that has influenced the course of my recovery and, and of my life in a positive way, and I'm very grateful for, for that. And I last week he did Tradition 10. Um, I kind of got my introduction to Doc by getting uh, emails and these underground uh, text message links and AA circles kind of on the fringes, and I'm like, who is this guy? This is awesome. Do you have more of him? And last week it kind of came full circle for me in a weird way because I was sending out the 10th tradition to friends of mine to check out because it was awesome. And here to talk about tradition 11 this week is our friend Doc. Thank you, Chris. That was very nice. Doc, alcoholic. I thank God that they wrote it all down so that we don't have to make it up as we go along, right? So that when we have questions, we can look and it's there in black and white. Because if anybody can rewrite, rationalize, change things, misinterpret stuff, it's a recovered alcoholic. Right? Because the difference is that we're recovered just long enough to be smart enough to know how to use the stuff to really get what we want. Whereas when I was drunk, I was still rationalizing and, and manipulating, but I got really good at it in those first six months of sobriety, right? And I had to be uh, kind of uh, put back on track a few times by some of the uh, fellowship and go, hey man, this ain't about you. Hey man, we don't do it that way. Which is Which brings us the 11th tradition. You know, the 11th tradition um, is one of, the, one of the traditions that is specifically written not to the group, but to the individual, right? And so that's what we've been doing on this 12-week uh, journey, is looking at the traditions to see how they apply to us individually, how I can apply them to my daily life. Well, this one specifically is written to me and to you one at a time. It doesn't say the group won't go do this. It says you as an individual won't go do this. It also means that the group won't grab an individual and, and use them too. So let's take a look at see what it says. It says our public relations policy, okay, how we relate to the public, is based on attraction rather than promotion. There's our friend the semicolon. Big shout out to the semicolon. We, my grandpa has a semicolon. Anyway, we need always maintain personal, that's you and me. I know it took a minute, right? Didn't it? Took a minute. You're going to be, you're going to get up tomorrow and you go, oh, semicolon, I get it. Okay. Anyway, we need always maintain personal, that's you and me, anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. So it's actually two things separated by a semicolon means two separate things. Um, 
along the same topic, but they're, they're separate thoughts. So let's look at the second one first. Let's look real briefly at what it isn't, right? It isn't personal anonymity at, at, at everything you do, everywhere you go. That's kind of a personal preference, right? And uh, we've talked about that, about whether if you're, you know, you want to keep your religious uh, belief, your uh, uh, where where you worship, how you worship private, that's up to you, right? If you tend to fall somewhere along the sexual spectrum, from far left to far right, you know, and you want to keep that uh, personal, that's fine, right? There are those that say no. I think it's important that I that I come out and state where I am sexually, so that it helps other people with that. Okay, that's fine too. Right? All of that is personal. Same with uh, being an alcoholic. There's still a lot of stigma attached to it. There's still a lot of misunderstanding attached to it. We are still instantly lowered in the eyes of many people. You know, 30 years plus sober, and they go, oh, he can't drink. Right? Oh, He's, he's Mr. Hyde avoiding a drink for 30 years because they just can't understand what it's about, right? So maybe in certain groups, maybe I don't want them to know I'm a recovered alcoholic, right? That's my own business. In other groups, I may make it completely known. That's my business too. That's not what this is talking about. Um, the level of press, radio, and films describes the media of the day. Media, by the way, for those who don't know, is a plural of the word, the Latin word medium, right? So media is a whole lot of mediums, right? And that would include magazines, newspapers, books, right? Uh, Radio, internet blogs, internet radio. It would be television, which wasn't quite prevalent when they wrote this. It It had been in existence. Right? And when they say films, they're talking about like newsreels. Right? You know, this, this month, President Roosevelt, da 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 da, right? You know, that stuff. And, uh, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous now has a new member, a very famous man, name of, and they're going, we can't do that, okay? It does not say that you have to hide your face when you go to a meeting. It doesn't make sense, right? So you don't have to hide your face when you do a virtual meeting. It doesn't make sense. Right? When you when you send an email between members, you can decide to hide your name or not. It's up to you, right? What it's saying is in the media, right? Which is open to all people, and it is a a there again, a a, a dated term is a soapbox, right? Means to stand up on a little stage, right? A soapbox is just a wooden box. Like a like a, a Coca Cola crate. Oh, I don't know what that is either. Right? Is what, what bottles you stick them in? Right? A milk carton. Oh, I don't know what that is. Oh, yeah, I do. I made a, a bookshelf out of that before. Okay, but it just means a platform. So your platform could be virtual. Your platform could be uh, actual. But it says on any media wide platform. Uh, we need to personally be anonymous. So what does it really boil down to? What it boils down to is um, people of influence, whether they be 
sports stars or movie stars or wealthy people or people that are just famous for being famous get up and say, hey, I am so grateful. I am a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and I represent a success story for Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, I forget when it was. It was in the early 90s, maybe 91, when Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold got sober. And they went on all the talk shows and just blurted out, we are members of AA, Alcoholics Anonymous. And we go to our meetings and it has just changed our lives. And of course, on all the talk shows, that's what they want to talk about. That's juicy. Nobody ever talks about that. And it wasn't long before they had relapsed, right? And then they were no longer members. And they were gone for a while. And, and, and then, you know, years later, and then Roseanne has her own controversy, right? And we're like, they don't represent us. And, and think about the people that at the time, because in the 90s, Roseanne was, you know, a huge hit on television. Just think of the people that go, wow. You know, I don't know who Ro Roseanne Barr the comedian was. Right? I don't know who Roseanne Barr, the woman, is, but I know uh, Roseanne Connor, the character. You know, and I relate to her. And if she can't get sober with Alcoholics Anonymous, there's no way I can. Right? And, and then who knows if that killed people? We, we can only assume it certainly kept people from coming. When they see a, a, a movie star say, I am AA, I'm the face of AA and then they fall on their face, uh, that's, that, that can kill people. The, the, the 12 and 12 talks about uh, politics, right? And it talks about uh, someone, uh, a politician, promoting, right? And he says, this, this is what I'm going to do for you, and this is how it's good for you, and this kind of includes both sides of, of the tradition. But so that guy, uh, Andrew Weiner, who gets caught doing all sorts of crazy, awful things. It ruins his, his career, and a year later he tries to come back, and then he does the same crazy stuff, right? And he's caught again. It, it, it destroys his political career forever. It doesn't kill anybody, right? But when we take somebody, uh, whether it be, uh, uh, let's let's. With, without getting in trouble, let's say it's an organization and, and we put someone out front like, say, Tom Cruise or uh, uh, John Travolta, right, to speak for our organization, right? When those guys are doing great, the organization looks great. If those guys turned out going to jail someday, the organization's going to look like, oh, well, it, it, it didn't help them much. Believe me, the, that organization did not push Tom Cruise and John Travolta before they became megastars, right? They waited, and then they go, okay, now, now they're Teflon. But we don't have control over our people. This is an individual request. Please do not violate the tradition. It says, please, please, there's a number of reasons. One, um, the press is always being hit for, here's a good story, right? With uh, press agents and, and all sorts of people looking to promote their cause, right? What we did when, this, when we started is our forefathers go, no, we're not going to do any of that. And the press goes, yeah, but people want to know about it. 
you know, no, 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 we're, we're not going to push anybody as the face of AA out front. And then, then they finally understood it. When the media of the time understood it, they had a new respect for Alcoholics Anonymous. Because we're not looking for membership. We're not on a membership drive, right? So, so by, by, by going out in public, by um, breaking personal anonymity in, 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 in the media, we run the risk of cutting ties to very important sources of, of media contact. Because it's okay for someone to write their own story about something else. I, you know, I'm a reporter. I'm not an alcoholic. But I met John Doe. And here's John Doe's story. Right? And, and that's what Jack Alexander did. And all of a sudden people went, wow, this is great. Because today of all, in all times, this is the year 2020, Virtually no one believes anything from anyone. Certainly not from the media. That's one of the problems America is having. That we don't know who speaks the truth and who lies. So we just figure everyone's lying to us all the time. From uh, corporate America through advertisements to political America through all the news outlets. And we believe all of them are lying to us. So if someone breaks personal anonymity and gets up and says, listen, AA is going to help you. AA is the only way to be treated for alcoholism. Who's going to believe that? It's a, it's, a, it's a promo, right? No one believes that. So that's one reason. We do not want to break those ties that where, where actually the media trusts us, right? Um, because, like it or not, they'll always be there. The other thing was written in 1948 in the, in the Grapevine by Bill Wilson about Tradition 11. And uh, you, can, you can find this online, as I did. Um, one of the things he said is that, uh, that even though there may be a, a, a member describe himself in full view of the general public as an AA for the most worthy purpose, right? Even though it may be right, even though I may get up and say, you know, not give my name and say, hey, I am John Doe, or even give my name and say, guess, and I just want to say, you know, whenever I do my job in the real world and after I talk to a lot of people and go, and by the way, um, I'm a recovered alcoholic, and if you have that problem, come and see me about AA. That's, that's not a good idea either, right? Because, why? Because it says, Wilson says, even for the most worthy purpose, lest a perilous precedent be set which tempt others to do likewise for purposes not so worthy. Right? All of a sudden, you know, now we get John Doe with a car dealership, and he says, <laughs> right, hey, you know, uh, come on down. I, wanna, I just want to tell you, uh, all alcoholics get 10% off, right? Right? Now he's standing at meetings and saying, by the way, my car dealership is alcohol, alcoholic friendly. 
Show me your white chip and you get, uh, you know, show me any chip at all and you get 10% off a new car. Come on down. Right? Okay, so, so what, what does that do for me as a, as a man? One, my humility is gone. And what's humility? It's on page 58 of the 12 and 12. It's a uh, clear recognition of exactly what and who I really am. It's me understanding what I am. I'm an alcoholic, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm self-centered, left to myself. If, if unchecked, uh, you know the, the tree by its fruits, unchecked, my fruits will be sour and bitter and self-centered, right? I know what I am, and I look at it every day. And some days, uh, I'm, I, my behavior is really good, so I might forget what I am. And some days my behavior is not so good, and I'm reminded starkly what I am. Um, I also know who I am, right? Um, and there, there are some things I'm also, you know, I'm a, I'm a good father, and I'm a good son now. Now. You know, I'm a good friend. Um, so, so I know those things. And I look at those often. That's what a, that's what a tenth step is. And I pray about them and interweave them with prayer and meditation in my 11th step, right? So, so it's followed by a sincere attempt to be all we can become. So after I look at that and pray about it, I go, man, I've got a lot of growing to do. I'm trying to get in this, in this high-rise building of existence, I'm trying to get up to the higher floors, you know, I want to get up there where the view is serene, where I can see crystal clarity above it all, right? And, and, and this spiritual universe is what's going to lift me up to do that. So if, I, if I'm breaking personal anonymity and if I'm promoting, um, I'm losing a lot of humility right there. I'm losing a lot of humility. And, and on page 183, it says to us, it says, this in brief is the process by which AA Tradition 11 was constructed. To us, however, it represents far more than a sound public relations policy. It does. <laughs> yeah. It is more than a denial of self-seeking. So it means it is that, but it's so much more. What is it? This tradition is a constant and practical, I'm sorry, a constant and practical reminder that personal ambition has no place in AA. Do you have a place in AA? You bet your bottom dollar you do, right? Personal ambition, big thing. I want to rise up in my job, right? I want to be a good, again, a good father, a good son, a good brother, a good friend. I want all those things. I have ambition, right? Not just to make money and, and, and all that, you know. I want a perfect body. I want a perfect soul, right? And more than that. It's, but does it have any place here? No. What is, what is in place here? A desire to seek and do God's will. That's it. Oh, man. <laughs> as soon as I bring personal ambition into this AA life, which is my primary life, by the way, right? I, I have a much more successful out there flesh life when my spiritual life is my first life, 
which my AA life is my spiritual life. Like William James says, right? Spiritual universe, physical world. The physical world exists in the spiritual universe, right? When that's my first existence, is awareness of the spiritual world and trying to live that, then my physical flesh world follows along. I, I, I do really well that way, right? I do really well. God actually uh, shows me a lot of favor when my focus is on spiritual things. Uh, loving my fellow human beings equally, right? Even the, the knot holes, right? The dirt holes. Loving them as much. Uh, forgiving them and myself, right? Looking for the joy in the little things instead of looking for the ugliness of the tree so that I don't see the forest at all, which is in we agnostics, right? Um, so what is my purpose in life is to be, you know, I'm uh, to be fitted of service, to fit myself for service to God and to others. A a relationship with the public, whether it's small or whether it's large, personally, is for me to be attractive and not promotive. All right? It's tough for me not to be promotive. It's probably tough for you and you and you and you and you and you and you, right? It's probably tough. Because Tradition 12 says right here on page 180 that uh, we are all promoters. We are really good promoters. We are born promoters. We are the guys that go, hey, let's do this. I remember I was up all night on LSD once, and then I decided, I was in Albuquerque up all night on LSD, and I decided, let's drive to Mazatlan, about 800 miles away. Let's go. Just get a car. Let's go. Right? Well, I don't know. Oh, yeah, man. And pretty soon, I had a crowd of people to do it. Right, And then this crowd, we all went and we got breakfast and we gassed up and we started going and then these two people didn't have IDs and these people were wanted so they couldn't come and this guy didn't have any money and so and pretty soon we were down to three people and off we went. But that was an instant promotion, right? I can promote anything. So can you. That's what, that's what we are. That's who we are. Let a whole bunch of of recovered promoters loose in AA? What's going to happen? It's going to have so many different faces you won't understand what the hell it's about. Right? It's already a mess internally when you try to go, what does this mean? I don't know. Right? Because people won't read the books. Eh, it's not a mess. It's not a mess. It's just a mess. The frosting can be a little bit of a mess. But the cake is pretty solid. You know? Right? What, what should I be doing? I have to keep my personal ambitions out of all this. I want to promote AA. I want to say, you know, man, I had, a, I had a talk with a guy on the flight Tuesday, two days ago, right? This guy across the aisle from me, young man. And uh, we were talking about stuff and somehow it came up and and uh, he, I, I said, well, I... I I speak a lot to uh, alcoholics and, and to prisoners in prison and to uh, uh, drug addicts, which is true. That's my primary purpose, really. And I, I work a day job so I can be free to do that, right? That's, that's the best part of living. 
And he goes, really, alcoholics, what is, what, what is that about? And I said, well, most of them are members of Alcoholics Anonymous. And he goes, I don't know anything about that. What is that? And I told him, I said, it's basically, because we'd been doing God talk for, you know, several hundred miles in the air. And I said, basically, it's a way um, to teach people how to receive God's grace so that it, it treats their alcoholism from the inside out. It's a spiritual treatment. I had no idea. He said, I've heard of the 12 steps, but I thought that was just a, a, a psychological you know, thing to do. That you, you do this number one, you do this number two, just like all those other self-help books. And I said, no, 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 it's, it's nothing about self-help. It's all about how to get rid of yourself and allow God's grace to fix you. Because I had no idea. Now, hearing that, I want to shout from the rooftops, you know. Hey, you stupid sons of guns. This is about God, man. Quit, quit, quit peeing on us. This is about God. We're, we're not awful people. We're not, you know, we are, we're more godly than you. And then, you know, my humility's out the window instantly. Right? But here's the thing. What's, a, what's, a, what's an attraction? What does attractive mean? Right? What's attraction? Everything... I don't know if everything, this is a big, I don't want to make a statement to be quoted on. It has been my experience through both actual life and through study, that both a priori and priori experience, that um, God expresses himself with light. Right? When, when, when God's in me, there's a light. When God's in someone else, I can see that light in them. Sometimes, we, we watched a guy recently come in, big black eyes, snotty attitude, bumping around. Next week, there was a little bit of white around his eyes. I could actually see, you know, and he wasn't quite. And then the next week, there, the, he, he, was, he was nice. He was happy. His, light, his eyes were lighting up. By the fourth week, there was a twinkle in his eyes. And the whole, the whole home group goes, uh, you're going to chair the meeting. Oh, me? And then after he had to chair the meeting, Mr. Tough Guy suddenly was just, he was just bathed in light that day. It was amazing to watch. Amazing to watch. I know that truth has a light about it. I know that, that deep inside every man, woman, and child, is that 55? Yes. Page 55 in the big book. Actually, we were fooling ourselves about God. For deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. It may be obscured by calamity, right? The crazy, terrible stuff that, that we call life, you know? I, 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 I had someone in a religion hurt me, therefore I hate that religion. Calamity. By pomp. I'm, I'm, I'm smarter than this concept of God, right? I, I can figure all this stuff out. It's all just lies. By worship of other things, I'm looking at women, I'm looking at men, or I'm looking at money, or I'm looking at prestige, or I'm looking at power. I, I, those, are, those are all false gods, right? Obs- worship of other things. But in some form or other, you know it is there. 
for faith in a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself. We finally saw that faith in some kind of God was a part of our makeup. That's the natural state of a human being. Just as much, this is what's so beautiful, it gets overlooked a lot, I think, just as much as the feeling we have for a friend. And what I read in that is, when was the last time you compared the feeling you have with God as the feeling you have with your best friend? Right? The feeling you have with your child, the feeling you have with your lover, that just that I can't wait to get home and talk to God. You know? The feeling we had for a friend. Just as much as the feeling we had for a friend. Sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there. He was as much a fact as we were. If you believe in your own existence, Chris, who is that? Descartes? Right? I drink, therefore I am. Is that Descartes? Right? Yeah. I think, therefore I am. If you believe that you exist, then you have to believe that God exists. We found the great reality with capitals. That's God's reality, the reality of God, deep down within us. In the last analysis, it is only there that he may be found. Um, I've told the story before when I I was doing a lot of LSD in my life, and uh, good old real clinical LSD 25. And you would you would just peak for hours and hours and hours. And then I came home at about four in the morning, and I, I was just coming down. But it was still like my 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 head was like a bowl of Rice Krispies, you know. It's just ping pong, snap, crackle, pop, snap, crackle, pop. And I try to lay in bed and go, okay, I'm going to sleep. Snap, crackle, pop, snap, crackle, pop. And I decide, okay, I'm not really high, but I'm, just, I'm not really not high either. So I'm going to get up and walk around 4 a.m. Albuquerque in the 70s. <laughs> so it's just awesome. And it's kind of foggy, and I'm just walking around, and I decide I'm going to figure out the meaning of life because I've got, you know, this super brain. And... Uh, I started thinking, what does happiness mean? Now, if you've followed me at all before, you know that happiness actually equals comfort and joy is divine. They're separate things. But I, at that time, I thought they were both pretty much the same thing. And I thought, okay, when am I happy? Let's, let's first find a baseline here. That's what all good scientists and psychologists do. Okay, the baseline is I'm happy uh, Thanksgiving dinner. After dinner, I'm happy. Mm. Uh, Christmas morning. You know, open all those presents, feel good, have a little eggnog early in the morning, right? A little bourbon-flavored eggnog, and that's good. Oh, I'm, I'm happy when I'm high, when I'm stoned, when I'm just not sloppy drunk, but just in that mmm drunk, right? You know, that, that whiskey-sipping drunk, right? And I'm happy, you know? Sex, ooh, after sex, I'm happy. I know. What do they all have in common? Satisfaction. So, therefore... When I'm satisfied, I'm happy. Happiness must equal satisfaction. Done. And I'd walked around several hours, and now I'd come down enough, and the sun was coming up, and I could go back in and go sleep. Okay, great. I figured it out. Um, Today, I can tell you that that is 180 degrees wrong. Satisfaction 
Um, satisfaction actually may equal happiness because happiness is comfort and satisfaction and comfort go together. But joy certainly is not satisfaction. And I will rarely even get close to anything joy trying to be satisfied. First of all, I'm an alcoholic, so my desires are cancerous if left untreated. Right? I've treated that cancer. I've let God treat it from the inside out so that my desires become right-sized, God-given, and therefore good. But when they're out of control, they're way too big. Um, so um, I can never be satisfied as an alcoholic. There's never enough. Never enough drugs, never enough sex, never enough sleep, never enough time in the day, never enough money. There's nothing that is enough for me, Right? It is never enough for an untreated alcoholic. So I cannot be satisfied. Um, and, and satisfaction is about getting that and bringing it in here, right? And getting that, getting that dinner or sex or Christmas gifts or whatever, and getting it and bringing it in. And everything's, the flow is this way, from out there to me, from the world to me, right? But all I'm doing is, if that God, if that, if that idea of God is down in me, and, and I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm forcing it down to be smaller and smaller, and covered by more and more crap that I keep trying to bring in, that I can never bring in, it's all material stuff. How can I, I try to eat it in. I try to have sex to get it in. I try to do all that stuff to get it in. I, you know, I possess money so I can feel that, you know. I even have to carry cash so I can feel it near me, you know. It still doesn't get in. When that's reversed, right? We used to say it a lot in AA and we don't see it so much is you, you can't keep it unless you give it away, right? You can't keep it unless you give it away. What, what, what page is that on? That is... Uh, I think it's to the family, right? Yeah, it's to the fam the family afterward on page 129. All right. So it says uh father feels he has struck something better than gold. Yeah. That little that white light, that god, that truth, that love, all of that stuff that's in there. For a time he may try to hug the new treasure to himself. <laughs> right. He may not see at once that he has barely scratched a limitless load of this stuff that's better than gold. Right? A limitless load that he's barely scratched, which will pay dividends only if he mines it for the rest of his life and insists on giving away the entire product. Right? It seems, it seems anti-intuitive. It seems like, well, how can I be wealthy if I give it all away? That's the only way you're wealthy. When I get that, when I get to a point that I absolutely trust God, when I get to the point that my existence is to be filled with the will of God and that's it, right? That that's the highest level I can get is to just live the will of God. When I get there, which is perfection, I don't see myself getting there, but I'm, I'm kicking like hell to get there, right? I'm, I'm climbing whenever I can. I'm trying my best. It's like that snail that goes up the garden gate, and at night he slides down, but he never slides down as far as when he started. And you keep doing it, and a little by little you get up there, right? That's us. If I'm doing that, then others can see it. I don't need to, I don't need to yell it from the rooftops. 
God knows what he's doing. God will send me the right guys. God will send me the people he wants me to know. I don't need to stand up and say, AA is a way to find God, and God is the way to treat alcoholism. I don't need to say that until someone comes to me. See, we all know inside this, you and me, we all know that this will only work if you're ready to work it. Mike, Chase, and I were talking about that, right? I ordered white chips from, from the home office, and uh, uh, or now it's called it's, 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 Intergroup, right, or World Services, right? Or Intergroup or World Services. And we had black chips for a year plus the medallions, right? And we would order 100 white to one one-year chip, right? 100 to one. That means... One person makes it a year for every hundred people that pick up a white chip. Now, that didn't mean that every white chip was a different person, because some people come back and they need another one, come back and need another one. But we figured somewhere around three to six percent made it to a year. Now, that's not to say that a great number of these people shouldn't have ever been here in the first place. But it is to say that those people did not do this program. And how do I know that? Well, one, I have 30 years experience. And two, rarely have we seen a person fail. It doesn't say about 93% fail, but you could be among the 7%. It doesn't say, it says rarely do we see someone fail. Reverse. Right, but thoroughly, Right? So you're not going to thoroughly do this if I sell you on the idea. You're not going to do it. You have to be ready to do that. We know that. Are you ready? Are you willing to go to any links? I have known guys that will go to any links not to go to any links. You know, absolutely. You go, hey, man, can you pick this guy up? Uh, well, uh, no, I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm, I'm doing, I think I'm doing something. What about next week? Uh, I'm doing that same something forever. <laughs> what the, you know, you, you know those guys are gone. Uh, however, I'll tell you, when I see what I saw, which is like, hey, there wasn't something cold to drink for the speaker, go get it. And the cat goes and gets it, right? And it's like, no complaint, no bitching, no moaning. Well, that's taking advantage of service. No, it's training our brain to like go with the flow for real. Go with the flow for real. What about when God goes, hey man, do this. I have, I got to tell you, many a time have I heard God go do this and I go, "Eh, I didn't hear that. (laughs) Ah, I think that was my own brain. Yeah, that wasn't me. That wasn't. Oh, that wasn't God. That was me. And I'm not going to listen to myself because I'm insane. And God goes, no, it's me. Do this. <sighs> you know, even simple things. Before the quarantine, God says, I want you to get a dog. Your daughter wants you to have a dog. I want you to have a dog. You'd be great because you live alone. Have a dog. Get a little one so he can travel with you. Okay, so I told everybody I'm getting a dog. I looked for a dog, everything. Nobody knew. This was a good 18 months ago. Do I have a dog? No. <laughs> and I'm quarantined alone. And then it's like, ah, shoot, I wish I had a dog. It's a little thing. Probably five years ago, God goes, get rid of all this stuff. And I went, okay, I'm going to do it. And I started organizing it all. And since then, I have moved it to 
three different uh, houses I've lived, <laughs> homes I've lived in in five years. I've moved all that same crap around. That I know God whispered, just get rid of it. It's not a big deal. It's not, but I still didn't do it. Why didn't I do it? Because, you know, I'm a human being. Not just because I'm an alcoholic. I'm a human being. And I still don't all the time... I'm still not completely obedient. And I can tell you what I, what I do know God wants the most. And this is based, based on the books that Frank Buckman studied to form the Oxford group to teach Bill Wilson and Bob Smith how to create AA. And one of the things Frank Buckman relied on and taught, taught our forefathers was that God primarily wants obedience and fellowship he wants you to do thoroughly follow our steps he wants you to do what you're told by your sponsor by your friends that look out for you more than you will look out for yourself parenthetically i can tell you what a drunk on the street can tell me what to do better than i can tell myself what to do a practicing homeless drunk will give me better advice than I will give myself. That's just a fact. Because if I go to him and go, hey man, I got X number of years sobriety. Should I go to a meeting or go get drunk? He will say, oh, go to a meeting, man. Without a doubt, go to that meeting. If I were you, I'd go there. Try it. Go ask them. Go ask them. See what they do. I guarantee you they'll do that. There's God. Thank you. Right? He will think better for me than I will think for myself. I can call anyone in the fellowship and say, I feel like shit. Should I go argue with uh, someone I love? No. <laughs> you know, right? No. Did you call your sponsor? No. Did you journal? No. Did you pray? No, a little bit. Did you, did you meditate? I'm doing that now, aren't I? No. Right? They, you, your friends will tell you better advice than you will give yourself. Right? But, but, it all comes down to one thing, yes, that if I have this, this white light of God in me, I demonstrate, and that's how we attract, right? It's a ninth step. That eighth step taught me how to look to see who, whose toes I step on that I didn't even notice, and then they retaliate. And I think, right, without provocation, hey, what I do, right? I didn't do anything. Hmm? Hmm? <laughs> I, just, I just got in your face, but I didn't mean to, right? But I stepped on his toes, but I didn't mean to. I didn't know I did. So how come he's in my face, right? Boom. Without provocation, I need, I need to humble myself, I need to try to give away that gold. And the more I give it away, that God inside starts expanding. And when it expands enough, that light starts filling you. And before you know it, people go, hey, I see that light in your eyes. And then you keep giving and giving and giving. And that means giving everything. Obedience and fellowship, right? Fellowship with each other and fellowship with him. Right? Do the right thing. Do what's right. Do what's pure. Do what's humble. Do what's unselfish. Right? And, and 
and fellowship with each other and with God in, in total love. That's total love, right? And pretty soon that lights on your, on, your, on your skin, on you. And people go, man, I just see it, right? I'm not bragging, but I'll just tell you what happens. And it's so funny to me. Um, I was flying Tuesday and I'm in the airport, both airports, because you've got to go through two airports these days, right? You have for 20, 30 years. And I'm sitting waiting and like toddlers just accosted me all day. And they would leave their parents and come over and go, hey, this is a, a, I never saw the movie Frozen, so I got educated on it all day Tuesday. This is uh, Ellis, Ellie, El- was what? Elsa. Elsa, this is Elsa. And little kids would come up and go, this is Elsa, and she's got boots, want to see? And I'd go, ask your mom if it's okay that you talk with me. And the kid would go like, why? I can talk, I am talking with you. And, and the mom's like six seats away, you know. But that happened probably three different times. Definitely three different times, right? Kids just out of nowhere come up and go, I, I had a mask on even. And they come up and go, hey, there's a baby crying over there. Yeah, I heard it. I heard it. Those are big planes. Yeah, they really are. Where's your mom? There. Well, ask her if it's okay if you, she, you talk with me. Why? Right? They just they couldn't get it. Now, what, what is that? What is that? I'm a nasty old man, right? Why would you want to come and talk to me? Plus, i got a mask on. And I'm gigantic. You would think a kid would leave me the hell alone. No. They're in the seat in front of me, and they won't quit looking over the thing and talking to me. Hey, my name's, you know, they had really cool names. Kids don't have, like, human names anymore. They have names, like, from other planets, right? I am X139 Apple. (laughs) Oh, nice. Right? All I can think of is that maybe a kid can see some of that God coming out, you know? And they feel safe, and they're attracted to it, right? And that's what this tradition's about. Be attractive. You got your eighth step, then you learned what the ninth step was. Then the tenth step is to practice eight and nine continuously. And then eleven, right, is to get in contact with God so you can weave it all in together. And twelve, which we'll talk, uh, 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 well, I'll be talking about that another place. Um, but, but step twelve is then you carry it to everybody, Right? And obviously, we read that. Obviously, you can't transmit something you haven't got. That's God. Right? So, we don't need to break anonymity. We don't need to promote. We are servants of God. Page 77. Right? Our real purpose. What we do is we glow bright. And when we glow glow bright, we are that searchlight. That's what it says. Find his love through me. We are that light in the fog. And they wander around and God says, go right to this person. And maybe he'll send a hundred to you. Maybe he'll send one. But we're open and we're constantly trying to be that way. I think it's a beautiful tradition. I'm so happy that that's why I'm on earth. Not for any of the stuff going on outside. Because anything else that I put my sights on... I'm I'm diluting my sole purpose, which is to save lives that that die from alcoholism every single day. You know, every one of those deaths could be prevented through us. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll see you next week. Hope you had a good time this week. Until then, Doc Alcoholic.
Thank you, Doc. Please join me in, in thanking Doc one more time. Thank you. Thank you. My privilege. Now is the time of the meeting when I introduce the secretary. This meeting does have a secretary. His name is Joey. Joey, please come on up here. Joseph. Joseph is the secretary. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I am Joseph, your recovered alcoholic secretary. <clears throat> In keeping with the seventh tradition, which states that every group shall be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Uh, the baskets aren't going around, obviously, um, with this season. However... Um, you can still give aa.org. Um, go to that site, um, and you can give to Intergroup, who um, right now through COVID and, and uh, for the period we had a lot of um, we were missing a lot of meetings, so they're missing a lot of income. They're actually, you know, uh, just at the ends of their uh, prudent reserve, so they could definitely use your help to keep this amazing organization going. Um, so please do that if you can. aa.org. Uh, Intergroup Broward, if, if you are local, obviously. Um, <laughs> it's it's good to help. Um, <laughs> um, I will ask um, tonight, uh, I'm going to have someone read the recovery statement. Um, Mark, Mark, please. Mark, um, at, Mark, Mark, Mark. As a, thank you, Mark. As a... Uh, here we say recovered a lot. Um, to explain exactly what that means, I'm going to have Mark um, read the recovered statement for you. Hello. I am Mark. I'm a recovered alcoholic. Mark. So here's the recovered statement. We are not cured of alcoholism, recovered but not cured. That presents a conflict to some alcoholics. If we were cured, we would be able to drink responsibly. No, we are not cured. The allergic reaction to alcohol will remain with us for our lifetime. But we have been restored to sanity. That was the problem. The main problem of the alcoholic centers in his mind rather than in the body. We are now sane where alcohol is concerned. Consequently, we have recovered. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. All right. 1940-style Big Book Sponsorship, from, the, from forward to second edition, Alcoholics Anonymous. Of alcoholics who came to AA and really tried, 50% got sober at once and remained that way. 25% sobered up after some relapses, and among the remainder, those who stayed on with, with AA showed some improvement. What we've seen, felt, come to believe, and experience is that God has not changed over time, and neither should the sacred approach back to his loving arms. The statistics above suggest a 75-plus percent success rate. Much better than, as Doc was saying, that 3 to 6 percent is a scary reality. So that's why we do it by the book. Um, all right. Um, as for a show of hands, recovered alcoholics in the room and in the Zoom. Hey, hey. In the Facebook. Um, Facebook watchers. Or potential Facebook watchers. Um, um, so if anyone needs a sponsor, anyone that wrote, raised their hand, uh, reach out to them. Um, and hopefully, um, yeah, 
also, excuse me, raise your hand if you need a sponsor. Just so recovered, pop, you know, pop over there. Be like, hey, how you doing? This is, I need you to, to survive and thrive here. And hopefully that will work out. Try to get connected. Um, yeah, so we can get these folks back to God. Um, anyone celebrating a year or more? God bless you. That's beautiful. I'm proud of you. Mark's proud of you. And um, go celebrate um, by uh, getting a new guy through the book um, and passing along the message. That's the best way to do it. Um, Yeah, amen. So, uh, oh yes, please join us Monday nights in this room um, uh, via Zoom, excuse me, uh, the big book study meeting uh, where the book comes live. Uh, Fellowship is at 630 in Zoom. Um, You can start fellowship talking to each other and uh, the big book studies will start at 715. We got Doc will be there. We got old Bill. He's great. Uh, We got uh, Michael Chase, who's a classic. Everyone knows and loves. Um, We also have CDs, mugs, large print big books for sale. Um, And yeah, go buy them up. Thank you for coming and joining us. Thank you, Doc. That was amazing. Um, Love and tradition. Um, We meet every Thursday night starting at 715. We ask you to be courteous and ready to begin with the sound of the bells. See you all next week. Thank you. Thank you, Joseph. We have tonight's session and all the past speaker podcasts online for free at alcoholicsandgod.org. I'd like to invite everyone to our Monday Night Big Book Study. Those who wish to thank tonight's speaker, uh, please just thank him. Uh, We don't have an aisle. Or you can... Spiritually, you can pray, and it'll get to him. It's like a letter to Santa. Spray painted um, on a wall. Spray painted on a wall. Doc. Um, yeah, with two C's. Doc. All right. And uh, let us close with the Lord's Prayer. Who will bring us from shame to grace? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. See you all Monday or next Thursday. Godspeed.